everyone to the Apocalypse Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Reverend Doctor Van Beek. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with that one. I like that one. Has well, a nice ring Reverend to it. Doctor, because of the content tonight, there's there's doctoral type stuff. Hmm. We won't do doctoral level, but we'll do doctoral stuff. Okay. And Reverend, because you know I am. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that said before, but not by you. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, but not by you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my Divine friend, tonight we're tonight we're going to talk about Ezra because we're doing this kind of march through the minor prophets, the prophets and the minor, major and minor prophets, right? And uh, yeah. Ezra is a nice fit in because as we just left. You know, Zephaniah and Haggai. Ezra's a common sense place to go, right? Well, it just gives us the um, the historical background. You know, um, when you're doing when you're doing the prophets. Remember, we always said there's there's pre-exilic prophets and then exilic prophets and then post-exilic prophets. Um, so there were two exiles. There's the Assyrian exile where Israel went into exile 722, 721. Um, and then, you know, they could have done it in one year instead of splitting years so to cause us that kind of grief, you know. <laughs> and, and then there's the Babylonian exile. So Babylon takes over Assyria, and then they take, take Judah into exile in 586. Now, 586 is, is, the, um, is exile proper. 607 is about when Daniel and, and his buddies went. Hmm. So before they took everybody, they, they actually took um, the best and the brightest. Hmm. So, so you know, like I went at six oh seven. Hang on a second. Are you, you going to say you got to the five eighty six? Oh, okay. I, I, I knew where this was going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw where that was going. Oh, fine. Yeah. Well, Steve and can come along what, and run the Daniel and, and his friends would only eat vegetables. Do you remember that? They would only yeah. eat vegetables. And, and um, um, remember a, a lady saying, "We we need, all need to go on the Daniel diet because we should eat eat beans." lentils and because they're good for you they're healthy they're good for your heart um you know fat people get slim skinny people gain weight they're just good all the way around that's what daniel ate and of course you didn't read the end of the book when he's a politician and it says for his fasting period he gave up choice foods right and so she kind of missed everything else but um but so daniel that's the babylonian captivity where when when daniel's there that's with nebuchadnezzar and if you remember the Babylonian captivity, when you're talking Babylon, for some reason, even though Persia actually had more ground, more land space, more cities than Babylon, Babylon is still what they use when they talk about, about places of evil. Hmm. You know, the great evil empires are always Babylon. Revelation, it's Babylon that they're talking about. Even though he's talking about Rome, he, he, he refers to Rome as Babylon in the book of revelation. And so there's, so Babylon is their big place. So the Babylonian captivity um, starts about 586 and it ends in, um, I think, I was going to say about 530, so early 530s, yeah. um, the Babylonian captivity ends. So they're actually in captivity from 586 to 536 is about, is 50 years. Mm-hmm. And they say 70 years because we think that they, well, two things. One, we say, well, it starts in 607 with, with Daniel and them, right? And that makes it 70 years. And the other thing is people are far too strict about their ages. Yeah. You know, when, when he says you're going to be in captivity for 70 years, 
you know, 77, it's a long period of time. Like you don't, you don't have to make this thing always technically correct. Right. To, to be acceptable. But for those of us who believe that everything in the scripture has to be scientifically, technically, geographically, culturally correct, then we'll say, well, then you start at 606 and then you get your third your 70 years. Yeah. So right. it, it actually works either way, either way you want to do it. But in, in 536, then Persia takes over. Hmm. And remember, Daniel's still there. We talked about this last time. Um, he sees the writing on the wall, ten, many, many tekel you farsen. And the Persians come in and they said the Babylonians were so fed up with their leadership. They just opened the gates and said, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll be Persians for crying out loud. Yeah. Rather than, <laughs> rather than live with these idiots, we'd rather be Persians. <laughs> and it's Cyrus the Great. Um, the Medes and the Persians take over and Cyrus is, is the guy that takes over. And he's actually mentioned at the end of Chronicles. Mm. which is in, in my Bible is just one page before, mm. right? And so in five, 536, Cyrus takes over. And now in the 500s, uh, Persia in, the, in 536, Persia is, is in war and they are an, annexing places. So annexing means you've taken over another country and just made it part of your country. Mm-hmm. That's what annexing is. Um, and they've been, they've been kind of having skirmishes with the Greeks in different places and they've been building the Persian Empire, but this isn't the Persian War proper yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so what Ezra does? So Ezra and Nehemiah are one book in in the uh, Pharisaic canon. In some in some places they're split up, and in ours it's called Ezra Nehemiah. Sometimes it's called First Ezra, Second Ezra. Mm-hmm. Some places it's called First Esdras, Second Esdras. But it, that that's all Ezra Nehemiah, and it's it's all kind of one. It's it was one book, um, in 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 the canon that that became our Bible, in the Bible that became our Bible, these two books were there, and they were one book, hmm. and and the and Ezra and Nehemiah are all about coming back back to Jerusalem, from from uh, Persia. Okay. Okay. So. So interestingly enough, in both in both Ezra and in the end of Chronicles, uh, Cyrus actually gets a vision and uh, mm. sends them back on this vision. So that's what this book is talking about. And now when they come back, when they come back from Persia, they actually come back um, under Zerubbabel first. And, and that's what Ezra is going to talk about in chapter one. Okay. The return under Zerubbabel. And then that's the first six chapters of Ezra. And then after that, he's going to be talking about Ezra himself, which is about 60 years after the first time that they come. Oh, wow. And then after that, he's going to talk about Nehemiah building the wall. Okay. And and the one commentator I heard, the interesting thing that he said, am I talking too much? You want to add in here? No, you're doing great. You know, um, the one, of the, one of the things that this commentator I listened to said, which I really liked, is he said one of the, one of the purposes of this book is to show that these guys completely missed what God wanted them to do. Mm. And I've never read that in there before. I thought they were actually following God's will, you know, kicking out the people from the land. Right. And and he was like, no, God actually told them to include the people from the land when the people that were already in Jerusalem wanted to be included. Um, you know, Zerubbabel first kicked them out because he said, you know, you guys are, are, are not pure Jewish and you're not clean and we're not going to have you. Later on, Ezra kicks them out and says, you've, you've intermarried 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes they intermarried with, with the Jewish people that were already there and sometimes with the other people. Because remember what Babylon did, um, what, they, what they did is they would, they would take over a country and then take people from other countries and intermix them all. Mm-hmm. Because what they wanted was people to be Babylonian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, by the way, just, just in case anybody cares, um, Babylon is modern-day Iraq. Mm-hmm. About 85 miles south of, or 85 kilometers or miles south of Baghdad, that would have been where Babylon was. Oh, okay. And they had the Hanging Gardens. Okay. And um, Persia is Iran. Mm. So when you're talking Iraq and Iran, you're talking Babylon and Persia. Right. So, you know, so the United States has, you know, put them put them under the gun for a while back there. But these were the, the powerhouse countries at this period in, in mm-hmm. history, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. You remember the one comedian, he always says, people say you're from Iraq. He says, no, no, I'm Persian, like the cat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. And people and, are actually um, very, they're still very proud of being Persian, right? Oh, yeah. 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 And I actually thought that that the um, Persian, Persia is, their, their, their religion was Zoroastrianism. And Zoroastrianism just had a pantheon of good and bad gods. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought, oh, my friend, one of my friends is Baha'i. And the Baha'is, it doesn't, they, you know, you say, well, I'm a Christian. Oh, that's great. You know, yeah, you know, more power to you. We're all part of the same fold. We're all moving along. And they, they sort of absorb other religions right. quite nicely. And I said to him, um, so, so Baha'i is sort of a modern Zoroastrianism. And he said, no, it's not Zoroastrianism. And he kind of surprised me because he knew what Zoroastrianism was. Mm-hmm. But he said, no, this is different than that. Our our, our leader, Bahala, came quite a bit later on and, and developed this. And he says, we're being persecuted. I went, well, you know, join the club. <laughs> <laughs> Take a number. Now serving yeah. number three. Yeah. <laughs> and these guys are very cool guys. And, and the funny thing is they're all from this little town up north that I that I was at and just wonderful to me just wonderful guys mm-hmm. but but to try to introduce them to Christ is a little hard because because yeah they can they accept it so easily but you don't you'd almost be better off if they were angry at you and then yes. had to make a choice yeah yeah but if it's you all, just absorb it then you don't have to make a choice right it's only the exclusivity that they that they uh, rail against right yeah so that's what Zoroastrianism is. So now if you look at Persia, so by the time Ezra Ezra proper comes on the scene, so by the time the priest Ezra is there, you're in 450. And by the way, Ezra is the one who brought the law. He was a, he was a Torah, Torah scribe. Right? And there, there's the, the, um, the lore says that he actually found um, a copy of the Torah in the torn down temple hmm. and hmm. revitalized Jewish religion. Now okay. the, the truth is maybe he had it before he came too. Right. Because they would have had they would have had, you know, these Torahs. They had synagogues in the Babylonian captivity. That's where that's where we sort of feel like the synagogues came to be mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. during that period of time. If you could get ten Jewish people together, you could have a synagogue. And then if you had money, you could have a Torah. Right. Uh, which is the first five books of the Bible, right? The Torah. And so so and that's why when you're in the intertestamental period, um, so when you're in the uh, the Second Temple Judaism, so 
So Ezra creates, it's under Zerubbabel that they build the second temple, right? And the second temple is from about, about 500, you know, late 400s all the way to AD 70. That's second temple mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Well, any of the books written during that period, um, to give them clout, what they did is they put their authorship as, as before Ezra. Mm. So that's why the second temple uh, books are all, are all what we call pseudepigraphic. Mm. They have false authorships because what you do is you take this stuff from, from the intertestamental period, from the second temple period, and you would ascribe it to people that lived before Ezra. So then you have, you know, the, the Testament of Moses and, um, and Enoch, the, the yep. books of Enoch, the books of Jubilees, uh, and all the, the Testament of Abraham, the Testament of the, of the 12 patriarchs, and all of these books, which were written in the, between, between 400 and 100 AD, all of these books are given authorship to somebody that lived before Ezra. Mm, mm, because mm. the whole idea was anything holy and of God had to come before that period with Ezra. Right. I'm with you now. I'm with you yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. 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 And that's why some people would say that even our books of the Bible were written quite a bit later and ascribed to people earlier. Mm. You know, they put Daniel in around the Maccabean period, mm, mm. But, but ascribe it to Daniel. Now, I, I'm still okay with Daniel writing it, by the way. Yeah. So anyway, so so that's that's what's going on here. In and by the time when Ezra comes, so the Persian War, Persia attacked Greece 499 BC down it was about 60 years. It was down to about 430 BC that war went on on and off, right? Mm -hmm. And if you read in Herodotus, who is the the Greek historian, so Herodotus um was 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 the old traveling historian and he made mm -hmm. his money by uh entertaining people with history. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was very cool. So he would talk about the king, you know, and and um, and and his wife was so beautiful that that he had his friend say, "You got to see how beautiful she is." And so she's changing, and and he has his friend watch her, and then she sees him, and she gets really mad and has this guy kill the king. And I can't remember what he became the king of, but anyway, th that's the way he told his stories, right? So he was the uh, the popular historian. <laughs> Later on in the Peloponnesian War, you would have the Thucydides would talk about that. So he was more of a regulated historian, mm. you know, somebody that told history for history's sake yeah. a bit more. And, and Herodotus would talk about the Persian Wars. Um, that happened at the time that Ezra was doing this, you know, Cyrus and his, his um, descendants were, were fighting against Greek. Mm. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the movie in Spartan movie? Um, uh, oh, what the heck? Is it the 300? Is that what you're thinking? The 300. You remember the movie, the 300? Mm -hmm. I actually studied that when I was in doing my classics. Oh. Um, stuff. Doesn't that sound impressive? And, and it's actually in, it's actually there in, in the, in the writings. And I can't remember now if it was Herodotus or Thucydides that, that wrote about it, but, um, but Thermopylae, the hot gates, they, they really do in the, in the history talk about 300 Spartan soldiers holding off the Persian army. Hmm. And the, the, the way they did it was that that was a place where the mountains kind of came together and it was a very small pass. Mm -hmm. So they could only get a few people in at a time. So they never pushed elephants off a cliff for crying out loud. Yeah. I don't care how many men you got. The elephants are crushing you. Ask, yeah, yeah. ask Hannibal of Carthage. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hannibal will tell you. <laughs> yeah. Not, not no. Hannibal from the 18. 
Do yeah, I yeah, different no. Hannibal, and not not the not the movie Hannibal. That's a different thing altogether. No, too. no, not the not the not the, uh, the guy who eats people, Hannibal. Either. Yeah, but um, but Hannibal was from Carthage. Uh, so anyway, so that the Greeks did fight the Romans, um, or the the Greeks did fight the Persians there, and the Spartans were the main army. The Athenians had a navy. But at the time of the Persian War, that was very untested, mm, mm, um, and the Spartans were the were the were really the the soldiers. Now everybody had had different ways of fighting, mm. and the and the Greeks were unbelievably good soldiers. But it was the Persians that brought them together um, for for these battles, and it's actually during this period of time also that Philip of Macedon is is just after this period of time that Philip takes over Greece. Um, through political intrigue, and then his son Alexander takes over, yep. you know, and, and runs the world for a little while, right? So, and then Rome, Rome during this period is not around, right? Like Rome started in in seven fifty three, okay, in in Rome, <laughs> and um, by this period of time they're doing stuff, they're doing lots of stuff, but they're not big in the Middle East yet. That mm -hmm. that doesn't come for a few uh, few more hundred years. Mm -hmm. About three hundred is the Punic Wars, um, Rome fighting Carthage, mm. right? And Carthage is North Africa, right? Which I think is where Hannibal came from, right? Yeah, I think he was Carthaginian. Mm. So, so anyway, so so this is all the stuff. Lynn said it was she found it interesting, so I thought I'd just spend a lot of time. Oh no, it's all good. This is good. Yeah. Bore the crap out of her if I can. Uh, <laughs> this is all. This stuff is going on all around the world, and and while all of this is going on, Cyrus sends Zerubbabel back, and that's what the first chapter of Ezra is about. Yep. It's it's Zerubbabel coming back to the land. Mm -hmm. But these books, in the end, seem to suggest that they didn't do it right. Yeah, that, and that's it's fun you mentioned that because we hold these books up as kind of these these victories. These are loyal, faithful people to God. And you go, yeah, I think we're about to see a different side of it as we go forward here. And, and the only reason I'm going to see a different side is I, is I was listening to this Jewish scholar that was saying, you know, if you if you follow through to the end of these chapters, you discover they weren't doing what God wanted. Mm -hmm. they, they did a lot of what God wanted, but they didn't do all of what God wanted. Yeah. Oh, does that ever sound familiar? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Well, that's other people, not us, I realize. But I yeah. know what you're saying anyway. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we'll just do chapter one today because I talked so long in the beginning here. Oh, you did good, bud. You did good because you had to set the table because you have to set the table to actually understand this. Otherwise, it just seems like, like again, you tell a hero story about Ezra and it's not really a hero story. Here. No. Uh, all right, folks. So we'll jump in at, at Ezra one. And I'm going to read from one to four just to start us off. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, the king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and also put it in writing. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem in Judah and build a temple of the, and build the temple of the Lord the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may be their God, and may their God be with them. In any locality where survivors may now be living, the people are to provide them with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with free will offerings for the temple of the God in Jerusalem. 
By the way, what does that sound like to you if, when you read it? What does it sound like? An earlier period in Jewish history. Hmm. It is, I mean, to me, I, I'm going to say, is it, is it a very sort of like God talking to David? Like this is, I want you to go do all oh, this. Oh, I didn't think of David. That's a possibility too. I actually went even earlier hmm. to Moses. Oh. When when they were leaving Egypt and, and oh, the neighbors okay. gave them their stuff. Oh, I like, yeah, I see where you're going. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Like So hey, glad to get rid of them. They, that know, they were literally throwing things get out. Get out of here, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> take this. But actually, take... in, in both of those places, now in this place, it's actually the king who tells the neighbors, you know, give them stuff to take with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I almost wonder if uh, if God tells us to do something, you know, maybe somebody will give us stuff to take with us. Yeah. <laughs> is this Cyrus hedging his bets? Like, does he do this? Do we think he did this for other deities that of the realm? I, I don't know. I don't know why Cyrus did this. Um, later on, you know, you find that Nehemiah, before he comes, he actually, you know, he had the ear of the king. He was a cupbearer. Mm -hmm. And the king actually really liked him. But 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 why Cyrus did this, I don't know. Um, except that Jeremiah says that he's going to do it. Um, the book of Chronicles also copies this piece that says mm -hmm. God told Cyrus to, to allow them to rebuild Jerusalem. It's, it's, it's quite interesting the, mm -hmm. the way that it comes together. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. uh, but I, I don't know if there's any other history that says a different reason that Cyrus let them go. Okay. All that I have is the Bible saying that, that God told Cyrus to let him go. Yeah. And there's no reason for him to do it. Like there's no value in rebuilding Jerusalem. No. That I can think of, except that was the trade route. Remember, they were on they were by the King's Highway, and this was the trade route through mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So there might be there might be some advantage there, but um, but I'm not sure. Okay. I, I need a better a better uh historical picture to know something else. Mm -hmm. so, anyway, so uh verse five and on. Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord Jerusalem. All their neighbors assisted them with articles of gold, or sorry, silver and gold, goods and livestock, and with valuable gifts in addition to all the free will offerings. Moreover, King Cyrus brought out the articles belonging to the temple of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and had placed in the temple of his God. Cyrus, king of Persia, had brought them out by Meredith, Meredith, the treasurer, who counted them out to Shelzabar. It almost sounds like Lord of the Rings, Mithril. Yes, yes. Shezbazar, Shezbazar, the prince of Judah. That sounds like something out of a cartoon, Shezbazar. I didn't know we had a prince of Judah. This was the inventory. Gold dishes, there was 30. Silver dishes, there was 1,000. Silver pans, there was 29, because they lost one along the way. They had 32, but they... <laughs> oh, who, who put that away? Uh, yeah, 30 gold bowls, 410 matching silver bowls, and then a 1,000 other things that they were just too bored and they didn't, couldn't... Uh, like and other stuff. <laughs> other stuff. Yeah. All in all, or... In all, there were 5,400 articles of gold and silver. Shesh Bazaar, 
brought all these along with the exiles when they came up from Jerusalem to, G- to Jerusalem, from Babylon yeah. to Jerusalem. Sorry, that's what I'm trying to say. It, that is a very cool thing mm-hmm. that um, that that um, the king of Persia, you remember when Babylon took away this stuff out of the temple, right. when they ransacked the temple and they took the people with hooks in their cheeks, remember? Yeah. And and they walked them out and they, they, they spread them out throughout the empire. And now, and now I don't know what parts of the empire of the, this, this, this is what they called the diaspora, right? Mm-hmm. Babylon's exile was, was the dispersion, the diaspora proper, um, and people came back from the diaspora to go back to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Now, not very many actually went. Mm-hmm. That's kind of an important thing to remember, um, that people, people had, they, they've been, they've been 50 years. You know, they, you know, you're 50 years old and you were born. Um, Zerubbabel actually means born in uh, Babylon. Mm. And um, these people born in Babylon didn't want to go home. They they were home. Right. And so, so it was only the people that God actually led that went back to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And when they went, um, Cyrus gave them back this stuff from the temple. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a really rich guy. Yeah. And, you know, a bunch of gold from the temple didn't mean that much to him. Right. And uh, I don't think he was giving sacrificially to uh, to help them to go back. And yet, yeah. and yet he thought, well, eh, you might as well let him go back. You know, I'm busy. I'm, I'm fighting Greece. You right. Know? Right. This Spartan guy just kicked my guy into a well. And, and I could, um, and I could, you know, spread some peace among that part of the world and then I can go fight the Greeks. And Yeah. Maybe I can get some, yeah, maybe I can have uh, a little bit of a, of a safe zone mm-hmm. there, there in the, uh, in the near East, mm-hmm. you know, right, right by the Mediterranean. I, I might need to be there. And, uh, right. you know, they, the Persians came over on ships. Mm. Uh, the oddity is they said very few sailors could swim. And I don't know if that's true, mm. but, and they didn't understand the Greek waves, the, the way the Mediterranean worked around, around Greece. Um, it would storm up and then would calm down. And the Greeks kind of knew the, the ebb and flow and the Persians didn't. Mm, mm, um, mm. But they said to the Persian armies during those wars, they said that they would drink rivers dry. There were so many people. Oh, wow. And so your biggest problem was getting food to everybody. Right. But now for the Jewish people, he, yeah, he was maybe having them there was, an, was a military advantage to him. Mm-hmm. But as far as this author goes, this was God telling him to do this. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Lord was using all this at the same time. So. Yeah, yeah. Just like, um, yeah, just like, uh, like God. I feel God healed my colitis. Remember, I had colitis, mm-hmm. and that, and and then someone said it's not even there. And I was talking to a guy the other day, and I said, well, I choose to believe that this was God who did this because I don't know. But I choose to believe, and they, they would choose to believe this was God speaking to him. Now, mind you, the prophet said that he would do this yeah. before he did it. Yeah, yeah. So there's a very strong prophetic piece in this yeah. as well. Yeah. Isn't yeah. the funny thing that Cyrus could have thought of he was doing this for all these different reasons, and yet God is using this because he wants to bring his people home? Yeah, yeah. So remember, there's a little piece of scripture that they tell me all the time that I like where it says, the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. Mm, mm. And and I mean, these kings were not Christian kings. I mean, no. these were brutal people, you know, 
So even with the crappy people we may get as leaders, um, <laughs> you know, everywhere in the everywhere in the world right now, yeah. um, God can control those people whenever He chooses. Yeah, yeah. And and it, they were not better than what we have now. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. So anyway, that's it for today, I guess. Um, Buddy, thank, thanks for laying that that foundation of Ezra. You know, again, we're we're seeing all these things moving about, and we can tend to get we can either get lost in it, or we can think that there's some. I don't know what I was trying to say. That we 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 tend to want to ascribe more to these good folks than the, than they are. But like you said, not many people came back. It's not like we have this rush of people coming into into Israel. You know, hundreds and thousands and millions of people. Like you said, not many came back because what would it be? It would be like, you know, maybe an illegal immigrant in, in the U.S. who is of Mexican descent. And they, you know, as a 20-year-old, they get sent back to Mexico, having never lived there. And just the impact right. that would have. And and you're not going to, you know, three-star hotels or five-star oh. hotels. You know, you're going to a place that needs to be rebuilt. Yeah, yeah. And their winters, they get snow there in the winter in Jerusalem. Yeah. Or they can. Yeah. So it's not always comfortable either. Right, right, right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, folks, Blair, thanks so much for that. That was fantastic. Folks, thanks for coming with us on this journey. As we as again, we, you know, Larry set the foundation of Ezra for us. And then next week we're actually going to step into, you know, again, we see little bits and pieces of God calling them to do things and them not quite moving as God wants us to move. And We'll see that as as the book plays out. So it's a fascinating look into the life of how how even though God is pulling Israel back, Israel's still not being hundred percent faithful yet. Um, but we'll pick that up next week, and then both of us will be back, like like me and him. And until then, I was Steve. He was Larry, and this was the Apocalypse Larry Podcast.